hello everyone, it's Britt, the Petite Polymath. I feel like there might be some static, in which case I'm sorry if there is. <clears throat> At any rate, I have read three books, all by one author, and I want to talk a little bit about that and some other things. Hello everyone, it's June, it's summer, my birthday month is over also my crazy month of travel. And to that end, whenever I travel, I usually read on the plane <clears throat> or the train uh, or in the airport. And I did all of those things last month. So I believe my last podcast was about um, Ann Patchett because um, a collection of her essays was recommended to me by a dear friend and my former AP English history teacher from my senior year of high school. This then uh, led me to reading more Anne Patchett. Uh, my friend Jamie gifted me the book State of Wonder um, for my birthday. And then I had actually gone to Patchett's bookstore in Nashville called Parnassus Books um, to get a couple books for my travels coming up. And I bought The Patron Saint of Liars and then on my Kindle, I downloaded um, The Dutch House. I am obsessed with her now, and I'm going to read everything. And everyone's telling me I need to read Bel Canto, how beautiful it is, and I totally plan on doing that. <clears throat> but um, I want to just kind of talk a bit about the three books that I've read in addition to um, These Precious Days, the collection of essays that I talked about in my last recording. So the first book I read would have been State of Wonder, courtesy of Jamie. Um, the, the theme of this book, or the book was about a, uh, a young woman who uh, was in training to be an OBGYN. Something occurs which has her pivot to working in uh, pharmaceuticals, and she is sent into the Amazon to look for a colleague who has either gone missing versus is dead, who knows what really happened, and to find out the truth of what has occurred. Um, I'm a doctor, so of course, you know, a cool premise. The thing that's even more neat is that uh, the idea is... Um, Oh, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to tell you too much. But uh, there are some themes there about, you know, goodness. Who is family? Um, you know, how we delay relationships uh, and, and commitments and starting families for convenience or for a better time. But how convenient is that really? And um, I also did an herbalism course, and so I think the idea is about how pharmaceutical companies and, and kind of big medicine uh, sometimes miss the point about maybe what the real meaning of, of life is and what it means to have a full life and what, what health and wellness really look like um, in the pursuit of wealth and acquisition of power. I thought this book was great. I really, really enjoyed it, and I highly recommend it. 
So that was the first book. So I was like, okay, this is, this is good. So then I read The Patron Saint of Liars, which is about a woman who leaves her husband. Uh, and unbeknownst to him, she's pregnant. And she takes up residence at a home for unwed mothers. Uh, she's from California. And she goes to, I want to say Kentucky, and tries to start over. Um, this is set, if I'm correct... It's been a few weeks now, uh, in maybe the 60s, uh, and it goes into the 70s and 80s, maybe. Um, and it's a Catholic home uh, for unwed mothers. And once again, I think the themes would be, you know, what, I think maybe the, the assumptions about women and their, and their maternal instinct, um, and what do we owe to our children, um, and to people that we commit ourselves to, and to our parents, even. Um, I want to think about, ah, yes, I do need to tell you about the Dutch house before I give you my spiel about Anne Patchett herself and why I find her so fascinating as, an, as a voice. Um, also a really great book, very lush. Just, I was completely immersed in, in the world that she created. And, and, and that's the thing I found in each of these books. I am completely immersed in each world that she drafts. And they're so different from each of the other worlds, which is really fun. And I'm really enjoying. Um, the protagonist in State of Wonder is of Indian descent, like Southeast Asian, Indian American descent. Um, I haven't come across any any black people yet in her books. So we'll see how that goes, if that happens down the line. Besides, you know, supporting characters, not, not a main character, that is. Um, and then the final book that I read, and I just finished on my Kindle, on my flight back, was The Dutch House, which thus far, someone told me was boring. I was really into it. Uh, so this one is the story of a pair of siblings, and maybe it's because I could see myself in this book in some ways. Not not fully, of course. Um, the the main character, the voice is a is the baby, which is the younger brother, who is a doctor. Patchett has doctors in the family, so clearly, she's very comfortable in this world. Um, but he doesn't practice medicine. He's a real estate mogul. He is the baby brother, and he has a seven year old a sister who's seven years older than him which is the gap between me and my younger brother, who I enjoy the company of. He's, he's one of my favorite humans. So I think the fact that their relationship um, is, is kind of the bedrock of this story that resonated with me. Um, they're very close. Their mother abandons them with their father when he's a baby, and the sister remembers her. Uh, and the question is, like, was she mentally unwell, or was she just a jerk? Why did she leave her family? Um, and... They live in this beautiful home uh, in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And I lived uh, right outside of Philly in Bella Kenwood, right as she hit the main line. So I was very familiar with Elkins Park and the neighborhoods. And so that was fun to read because it kind of took me back to my days of medical training. Um, in this home with their emotionally distant father. And this, this house has its own... Um, is actually a, a character of its own. Uh, 
it was owned by, I want to say, by Dutch people who then ran into hard times and had to sell off the land bit by bit and ultimately sell their home with everything in it um, because they couldn't afford it. And I think everyone in the family kind of died off. Like there were no children or anything to inherit the home. Um, and so this, this house, though, represents something uh, to the siblings, to their father, to their estranged mother. Um, and it's also a story of a family um, of blood being thicker than water, um, because, uh, you know, relationships come and go and people come and go. But the, the, this relationship between these two siblings is so, is so um, deep. There's such a love and a care there. Um, and maybe even a, a bit of codependence, to be honest. Which, see, as I told you, it, that, that's where this devolves and is not um, reality. Because... I would like to think my brother and I have a healthier relationship than, this, than these two characters. But, um, but it is heartwarming how they look out for each other and welcome other people in. Like they, they're actually very loving and kind and welcome other people into their, into their relationships and, 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 and into the warmth of being a part of this family. So, you know, I said, it reminds me of some things about, about Patchett. So, you know, I just find it interesting how she really takes time uh, it, with, you know, uh, creating these relationships or showing us these mirror, these windows, wrong mirror is a reflection of oneself, um, these windows into mother-daughter relationships, mother-son relationships, uh, from the perspective of, of the children, which of course she can understand that she's a daughter, but she's not a mother, and yet she plays around with, with, with you know, ideas about, um, about motherhood, and uh, it's really, there's, there's a profundity there, you know, um, and also, you know, this idea of, of care that can be present even, in, even without blood relation, which we know is true, but it's really juxtaposed to people who are, or you know, uh, related biologically, uh, and how that might not always be the thing that actually matters, which I I, I find to be an interesting um, thing to play around with. Uh, she has such a way with words, and she, and as I said before, she really, really has a way of creating such a lush. And, uh, and immersive uh, story that you feel like you are in the middle of it and you really don't want it to end, whatever storyline it might be. And that's how I felt. Every time I got to the end of the book, I was kind of sad because I was like, oh, I like these characters and they're imperfect people, but I really enjoy them and I kind of don't want this to end. Um, so I highly recommend any of the above and I will read Belcanto, probably read everything by her because now I want to be her friend and have coffee with her. And I mean, stranger things have happened because it's Nashville. So before I go, um, a couple of things that I have been excited about or enjoying. Stranger Things is back, the penultimate season. 
the first half of the season they've released. I'm one episode away from being done until the new, you know, the rest of them come out in July. Uh, I love Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, for the record. My introduction to it, to give myself away and how old I am, is, um, is the OC. Uh, there was an episode after Marissa died and Ryan is cage fighting. Please tell me. <laughs> that is so melodramatic. Uh, but he's dropped out of high school and he's doing fights at night because I think he has a death wish. And running up that hill is uh, played in the background. Uh, so clearly, uh, the teen angst is real. Um, so it's, it's even more timely that it plays a part uh, in this season. Um, I'm glad that the Duffer brothers are ending with the next season because I don't want them to ruin things. And already, uh, in a couple of episodes, I was just like, this is ridiculous. How is this possible? Are you all jumping the shark? You're going to have to tie up these loose ends. I have questions. But I'm not going to spoil anything because I know everyone probably hasn't gotten through it yet. So um, it is hard uh, center in horror this season. I, uh, I feel like they've abandoned science fiction completely. Um, so maybe don't watch it at night if you have nightmares. Um, it made me feel some type of way the first episode or two. So I just want to make sure you, you know that so you're not disappointed. Um, also, I completely binged all of Somebody Feed Phil, the most recent season. It made me feel very happy. There was an episode on Maine, and I am sad only that I saw it after I was in Maine for my birthday. Rupal, if you listen to this, you should watch it because it might give you some places you can check out. Um, I spent my uh, 39th birthday um, in Portland with a couple of good friends and convalesced from a mild case of COVID. <laughs> uh, one of the highlights, besides eating my way through this most excellent town, um, was taking the ferry to Peaks Island and then having um, a rented go-kart and riding around the island. It was lovely. If you have not done it, you should totally do it. Maine is the best. And I ate nothing but seafood for that entire week, practically. I hope you all are hanging in there. Please be safe. Um, this world is topsy-turvy per usual. And it just keeps getting zanier. Uh, but books, books are always a place to escape. So until I read more Ann Patchett or decide to talk about something else, you all have a good rest of the week. Ah, so I think that, like, weird buzzy sound is from my music. I might have to come up with something new. Well, at any rate, this was the Petite Polymath from the Mind of Brit Stone. Have a wonderful Tuesday.